the government is finally going after big tech for antitrust shenanigans. Uh, new shit has come to light about Jeff Bridges, and Caroline Giuliani, daughter of Rudy Giuliani, joins us to explain why she's endorsing the Biden-Harris ticket. The date, October 20th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey everyone, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. All right, we're just going to dive right in today. Here are today's top stories. This is what you need to know. First up, the Justice Department is suing Google for violating antitrust law, specifically because the company has built up monopolies in search and search advertising. This comes after a year-long investigation into the Silicon Valley giant that found it, quote, wrongfully wielded its digital dominance to the detriment of corporate rivals and consumers. Confused? Well, here's what that means. I'm told that one of the things the lawsuit will look at is the way that Google has struck agreements to make sure that it is the preset or preloaded search engine, as well as the barriers that Google has erected that make it harder for users to change that default setting. This suit also comes after four of the biggest tech companies, Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook, testified before Congress in July over antitrust practices. You might remember that hearing from its greatest hits like... Facebook going into, quote, destroy mode on Instagram if the gram didn't sell to Facebook, and Amazon's takeover of diapers.com as similar to, quote, the way a cheetah would pursue a sickly gazelle. Attorneys general in 11 states, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, South Carolina, and Texas have joined the suit according to court records. More from Democrat-led states could join the federal case in the future or file their own claims. Either way, the suit could take years to resolve, and it's just the beginning for potential reckoning in big tech. It's one that's already been happening in Europe, where Google has been slapped with $9 billion in fines for its anti-competition practices. Moving on, stop me if you've heard this one before, but COVID-19 cases continue to skyrocket in the United States. The U.S. is now averaging almost 60,000 cases a day, but hospitalizations, while on the rise, are not nearly as bad as they were in May. So what gives? Public health officials believe that increased testing has rooted out cases they wouldn't otherwise identify, and that more young people, who generally tolerate COVID better than older folks, are the ones getting sick. But officials worry that the colder weather is forcing more people into indoor activities, and people are just getting tired of the restrictions to stop the virus's spread. That includes President Trump, who believes, well, this is what he had to say at a rally in Arizona yesterday. They're getting tired of the pandemic, aren't they? Getting tired of the pandemic. You turn on CNN, that's all they cover. COVID, COVID, pandemic, COVID, COVID, COVID. You know why they're trying to talk everybody out of voting? People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. They're not buying it. That's all they talk about. Anyway, this also comes amid a new wave of infections across Europe, whose seven-day average of new daily confirmed cases are actually rising faster than they are in the U.S. Europe's government leaders are stopping just short of full-blown stay-at-home orders, but are capping the number of people allowed in social gatherings and are imposing curfews to try and stop the spread. And finally, Uber is going all in to get voters to approve Proposition 22 in California. Here's the tea about that ballot measure. Prop 22 would allow companies like Uber, Lyft, and Instacart to sidestep AB5, a state labor law that went into effect in January 2020, giving gig workers the same protections as regular employees. 
Prop 22 would let these companies treat their workers like contractors, which AB5 clearly defined as workers who are free from company control, doing work that isn't essential to the company, and workers who have an independent business in that industry. So understandably, these companies really want people to vote yes on Prop 22, pouring $186 million into the campaign and spamming writers with new checkout hoops to jump through. This includes Yes on 22 pop-ups on the cars in the app, relentless push notifications to vote yes, and factoid blurbs you have to click on to continue your ride. Gig workers are imploring that people vote no on Prop 22, and here's why. They're only paying for the time that the driver is actually driving. They're not paying them for the time that they are logged into the app waiting for the next ride. Fuck that. Do you understand what that means? That means that you get into your car, you hit go on Uber, and then you wait 10 minutes. You don't get paid for that 10 minutes. You only get paid when the ride picks up. So that 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 is so fucked up because they need you logged in in order for the service to work, right? If you're not logged in, the service doesn't work. Yeah, I gotta say, when I order from Uber Eats and it like pops up and it's telling me about Prop 22 and it just says like, I understand or, or yes or something like that, in my mind, I'm literally so scared about it that like somehow it's going to like post to Facebook that I agree with it or somehow I'm voting to help them like signing some petition because it's so aggressive. It's so aggressive. But I have to say, I feel like, I don't know. I don't even know what emotion it is that I feel, but I'm like, how dumb can they be to make me feel like like I don't understand what's going on? Like I see they're spending one hundred and eighty six million dollars and they're trying like these cheap tricks, like with these like pop up things. And I'm just like, we see we see what's happening. Yeah, but I can tell you that from watching this happen in like other industries, like the restaurant industry in general in D.C., there was a whole big thing about how um the restaurant like workers wanted better pay and wanted to be able to like have an increase in wages and the restaurant industry tried to set up a group that made it look like the workers like no we we don't want this we won't, we don't want this local ordinance to pass that would give us more pay we we don't want that at all so it's across industries where companies come together and say well no, sirree, Bob, we do not like this idea of paying people more. How can we stop this? Also, to talk about COVID more, because, you know, whether Trump likes it or not, we're going to talk about COVID more. Um, I'm, I'm officially starting to get very nervous about uh, Thanksgiving travel. I know that it's over a month away, but that is something that's going to happen. I've been hearing more and more people talking about that they are going to go home. And I'm just like, we're going to see more cases. The weather's dropping. People are traveling and it's going to happen. You can't outside Thanksgiving. Like there are people like I'm you might be able to in California fantasy land or whatever, but in like the real places where it's cold in November, no one's going to be like, oh, we're going to be sitting in it six feet apart outside for Thanksgiving. So that's really concerning, especially considering that um I saw the other day that part of the reason why it's been semi under control ish over the past few months is because while there have been hot spots across the country it's been like various regions the current rise is everywhere in a way that is really um troubling uh listeners if you could see our faces right now they are concerned <laughs> and upset all right casey get us up to speed though uh what's going on with pop culture 
Starting off with some sad news, Jeff Bridges has announced he has lymphoma, making the revelation via a reference to his most iconic character. He tweeted, quote, as the dude would say, new shit has come to light. I've been diagnosed with lymphoma. Although it is a serious disease, I feel fortunate that I have a great team of doctors and the prognosis is good. I'm starting treatment and will keep you posted on my recovery. The 70-year-old Oscar winner thanked fans for their prayers and also urged everyone to go vote. Ah, man, that was I saw that come across on Twitter super quick, like after he posted it. And what a bummer. It is a bummer. But, you know, it, it is good when the patient is hopeful and the doctors are hopeful and you've got a good team around. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. My fiance just really loves Jeff Bridges. So I didn't tell her she, but then the Hollywood reporter, dang them, sent a push alert. So she, her, her moments of not knowing were, <laughs> were too brief. How dare your fiance stay informed from the news on the internet. <laughs> I know. Really rude journalists. Ugh, how dare they? Okay, moving on. Here's kind of a crazy story for you. Dominic West, the actor known for his role in The Affair, may have been caught red-handed uh, having an affair. <laughs> it all started after pictures surfaced appearing to show the 50-year-old full-on making out with co-star Lily James at a restaurant in Rome. Now, West has been married for 10 years and has four kids with his wife, Catherine Fitzgerald. The British tabloids were all over the story, the photos were everywhere, and West was seen flying home the very next day. As expected, paparazzi swarm West house. But here's where things get a little weird. He and his wife then made a point of putting on a bit of a show for the press, making out in front of the cameras and handing reporters a note saying, our marriage is strong and we're very much still together. Thank you. Lily James hasn't made any statement on the situation. She's actually canceled several high-profile interviews, including the Today Show, as she's doing press for her new movie, Rebecca, with Arby Hammer. And as if all of that isn't enough, West has just been cast as one of history's most famous cheaters. He's going to play Prince Charles on the crown. This is a lot. I know. This I just, is a lot, a I, lot. I watch your face the entire time as this whole story is like unraveling and you're like, okay, uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. 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 You really took me on a journey there, Casey, this time around, because I had no idea who this guy was until like moments ago. Yeah. To be honest, I don't judge anyone's marriage because as far as we know, it could be an open marriage arrangement situation, but you know, uh, you, you know, whatever they want to say is fine with me. Um, <laughs> but the pictures don't lie. And he is hanging out with, uh, Lily James <laughs> hanging out a term. <laughs> But you know what? I uh, I was actually thinking about this when I heard that he was going to play Prince Charles on the crown. I was wondering, like, is this good press or bad press? And I'm like, I think it's really good press. <laughs> I think so, too. I think that all things considered, I think that a lot of people are going to be way more interested yes. in seeing how this goes down on the crown right now. <laughs> You know, nothing nothing like an affair to make a uh, season five and season six of a show have more viewers. Really spices things up. <laughs> okay, when we come back, we've got Caroline Giuliani with us. Stay right there. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. 
support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Hi, I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick. And we're the hosts of the science podcast, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe. Like if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno history. Basically, this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions, it is time to come join us in the place where you belong, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast. New episodes publish every Tuesday and Thursday with bonus episodes on Saturdays. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Paris Hilton. Last year, I revealed the story of my abuse at Provo Canyon School. Since then, thousands of survivors have come forward. Now, I'm on a mission to expose the truth of the entire industry. In this weekly investigative podcast, me and my host, Rebecca Mellinger and Caroline Cole, will examine one infamous teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. When you first get there, you have to experience girls screaming, locked up, peeing themselves, in the hallway sleeping. And you're like, where am I? Holy heck, this is not what I expected. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Rudy Giuliani is President Trump's personal attorney and one of his biggest defenders. But last week, it was his daughter making headlines when she endorsed Joe Biden in a fiery essay in Vanity Fair, calling for an end to President Trump's, quote, reign of terror. Caroline Rose Giuliani is an author, filmmaker, and an LGBTQ rights advocate. She joins us right now. Hi, Caroline. Hi, nice to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, So we want to start off by pointing out that this is not the first time that you've supported a Democratic candidate. You endorsed Hillary Clinton in 2016, and you identified yourself as a liberal much further back. But this is definitely the most public way that you've done it. Uh, What was the final straw that made you feel like This is something you had to do. I think it was just looking around and seeing how overwhelmed everybody felt. And I just recognized this, this feeling that I have been dealing with my whole life. You know, I try not to say anything if I don't have something specific to add. And I felt like I had a specific perspective on that issue of just sort of being able to relate to this desire to run away from the election because I've been running away from politics my whole life. And I just really wanted to make sure that people don't run away and that they vote and that they, you know, go the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) You said on Anderson Cooper that you haven't spoken to your dad since the piece came out. What would you say to young people out there faced with the same situation, speaking up and possibly seriously damaging a relationship? The fact that we haven't spoken, I don't think that that's like forever. I think it's just we're in such a tumultuous time right now that 
uh, it just kind of makes sense to keep our space for the moment. But I think every relationship is different and your mental health and your safety obviously like is the most important thing. But I just think that being brave is, is something that I feel that that fulfills me. And I guess I would like to say to them that they are not alone in the aftermath of it. I've received like a lot of emails and messages from like people who are saying like, you just articulated what I've been feeling and it made me feel less alone. And so that side effect of this is like super, super fulfilling for me. So people are not alone. (laughs) Yeah. You described uh, this piece as being a culmination of years of dinner table arguments with your dad growing up, calling the space between your positions as a quote, painful chasm. Um, I'm really glad that people have been reaching out to you um, to say that they shared that experience with you. Have you gotten any backlash though from writing this piece? Sure. I mean, you know, there are the Twitter trolls and, you know, the nasty emails too. Um, But I will say it's been 75% positive, I think. And, you know, the nastiness of the nasty stuff is pretty bad, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, I also would like to express my gratitude for all those people who have reached out because it's definitely helped me cope with the negative fallout. Was there ever a time where you did think to yourself that you and your dad could like bridge this like policy chasm that you guys had? Because I mean, your dad has jumped around in terms of like positions over the years. Was there ever a moment where you're like, okay, we're getting there, we're getting closer, and no, no, we're not? I actually have this tendency to see see the best in people, and so yes, I think I wouldn't be having those conversations if if I didn't hope for some connection. Um, and I think I I mentioned the article that we do have moments of connection. So, so it's one of the reasons I continue to try to have that dialogue. And I also feel like just self-expression and communication are super, super important. Even if both sides, you know, stay exactly where they are, I think there's still a psychological and mental health benefits to doing that. So what do you think of Claudia Conway, the 16-year-old daughter of Kelly Ann Conway? She's putting it all out there on TikTok right now. Yeah, she sure is. I, um, <laughs> you know, I can relate to the general situation she's in. Obviously, our specific circumstances are different when I draw parallels from my childhood. I feel for her. Like, I think what she's going through is, is really, really difficult And I think she's like a young woman trying to find her her voice. And I respect that. I think it's hard, though. (laughs) Have you ever spoken to her or would you want to in the future? Um, I haven't spoken to her, but sure, of course, I'd be open to if she was interested in talking. (laughs) Sort of open to talking to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Good. A good stance to have. (laughs) There were also a lot of people saying maybe we shouldn't be relying on a 16 year old to handle this for us because a lot of people are are like kind of joking, but not joking. She's our savior. Do you think it's unfair to put that burden on her? You know, I think she's she's taken the steps that she's taken. And and yeah, of course, I certainly know that like when I posted things on Facebook, there was like when I was like 17, I had no idea what the fallout of that would be. So I don't know like where she stood in that uh, level of awareness. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think we should focus on people, not that we shouldn't, you know, listen to her perspective. We certainly should, but like, I think it would be wise to focus on people who are of age to vote too, when we're having these conversations, you know. Last month, you tweeted your support for Hunter Biden at your father, writing, quote, Trump is the one lying about Hunter Biden, and I, for one, do not support spreading false gossip about a politician's child, 
just saying. So what was it like for you watching all of this and all of that gossip turn into basically the impeachment saga? Were you super zoomed in and like paying close attention to it or could you just not really stand to watch it? Yeah, I sort of vacillate between the two states. Um, <laughs> it's it's definitely a challenge. I'm still sort of, you know, I grapple with, with how to handle it sort of on a daily basis. But that particular um, moment was also, I will say, like reflecting back a little bit on it, just was, I think that was actually the first time I ever tweeted directly at my dad. And a little bit of what was going on there, you know, there wasn't like inside information I had or anything. I live in LA. I'm not like, it wasn't that it was that the debate itself and Trump's behavior at it made me so angry that I just felt like I just had to like respond in some way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, out of curiosity then, uh, what's your reaction been to the series of reports that your father brought to the New York post about Hunter Biden? Have you read them at all or, or uh, I'm just curious about your reaction. Yeah. Um, I mean, I follow it, I think in the same way any news consumer does. So I'm sort of up to date in, on that level, but I don't have any like personal, like additional information, but I certainly do follow it. And I, you know, have my own reactions to each development. And I do think a lot of it is like a distraction from Actually, I think really failed, but I think they're trying to distract from, you know, the last four years of just terrible, terrible, terrible policy. So you've spent a lot of time establishing your own career as a filmmaker outside of your father's world, which is the realm of politics. Do you see that changing now? No, I mean, you know, I don't even really see this as politics. And that was one of the reasons that I decided to get involved. Like I have always stayed away from politics, even when with Hillary, you know, I sort of got a little more involved, but I, I've sort of tried to stay out of the weeds on it because I really like to only speak when I feel very confident about my specific ability to add to a conversation and, you know, just like seeing the attacks on the communities that I, that I care so deeply about LGBTQ plus and the attack on the environment. Like it just felt like a human moral issue and not a political issue. So I think going forward, I'm, I'm not interested in like being a politician, but if issues continue to feel morally driven, then yeah, I'll probably stay involved. All right. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. It's time for another segment of Meanwhile on the Internet. Typically, when people are caught on a hot mic during a broadcast, nothing good ever happens. But for Sunday's Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Green Bay Packers game, Fox Sports broadcasters Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were caught on hot mics discussing a pregame military flyover. Um, maybe it's not all bad after all. That's a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover. That's your hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you that right now, partner. Wow. Yep. That accurate. I, I... I completely agree. I've long thought that military flyers for sports games is uh, expensive and stupid. So it's really comforting to hear them say so as well. No, it is. And I think it's like kind of surprising just because of like the pomp and circumstance that a lot of like football fans like like and say like it's part of tradition, like blah, blah, blah. So it's nice to hear that like other people who are embedded in football culture are like, nah, we need this is ridiculous. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I mean, Troy Aikman, he played for the Cowboys back in the 90s. So he played in the NFL before all of this was a thing. Before 9-11, before suddenly every sporting event was a display of patriotism and the military and why, yeah, we have these amazing guns and fighter planes and now we're going to play a sport. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't logically make sense. Maybe if they want to do some flyover thing, it could be sports related. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe everyone with like football (laughs) banners behind them. Go sports as opposed to military like F. 16s go nyarm. I do think that someone should put the both of us in charge of planning pre-game. Um, oh my god! <laughs> pre-game uh, fun, fun things. I don't even know what to call it. I'd just be propaganda, like propaganda. Pre-game propaganda. propaganda. Oh god! It's true. It is. It is. It is. It is just propaganda. Sorry, not sorry. And that's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we talk with BuzzFeed News' Clarissa Jan Lim about women who have made the tough choice to get pregnant during a pandemic. And remember, even as an adult, it's really hard standing up to your parents. So if you have to do it, I'm proud of you. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. Peacock streaming new movies every week at PeacockTV.com. We'll have the Twilight Saga. I never felt more alive. Selma. We must march. Plus Bad Boys 1 and 2 and Shrek 1 and 2. So good to be home. Tons of blockbuster hits you can't not watch. Sign up at PeacockTV.com. Hey, Lethal listeners. Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission. Clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But... I hadn't counted on a rash of new murders tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger. Though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now, all signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.